welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. A podcast where three friends get together, usually talk about a film, pit that film against another film. This week's film is Fantastic Mr. Fox. And as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Anthony. Hi. Hi, Ant. And Johnny. You all right, mate? Hi, Fantastic Mr. Aaron. Oh, thanks, mate. And um, the listeners can't see this, but what's going on in your room? I, I feel like there's a, a you having a rave, your own personal rave. What are you talking about? For the people, <laughs> people at home, uh, essentially, Ant's room is just repeatedly changing to different colours of all the colours of the rainbow. I don't really get it. He's got to have a really, really a powerful th- ram in his PC. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting the party started. Oh, no. So, so I've got a confession to make to the listeners. I've got a confession. <laughs> is that the? Is that right? Is that the right? Yeah. Nice. That is. I think it is. Um, so, <laughs> this is our second go <laughs> of this episode of Fantastic Mr. Fox, because we don't have to get into technical details, but basically I messed up the recording last week, and uh, we didn't have a backup set up. So, basically, we spent the whole e- a whole evening last week recording the podcast that couldn't be aired so we're doing this again second time hopefully um, it'll be like well rehearsed oh yeah definitely yeah, and everything it. is exactly the same even the actors in the game so these guys have got no i'm kidding i was tempted to try and re-record my part of the audio because oh. you guys <laughs> your, your audio was all perfect i was good i was thinking about trying it but then it's a lot of effort and uh, I thought it'd be easier just to do it again. So, nah. apologies to the listeners. It would have been out this week otherwise. But anyway. oh, on a second note, on a second note, these guys both prepared for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Was I prepared for Johnny's pick? Which I won't spoil. We'll keep that till the end. So I've watched Johnny's film already. So I was like, oh, I don't need to prepare anything for this because I'm not hosted. It's all good because Johnny's hosted this week because it's his film. Uh-uh, I was wrong. We are so professional. We, we are so professional. We are really bad at this. Can you, be, can you believe we've been doing this for a year already? Uh, yeah. I mean, does it really count after the big break that we had yeah. if we've done it I mean, for a year? It's over a year. It must be over a year. Oh, well, much. Yeah, it's over a year. Definitely. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go us. Yeah. High five. So, um, I've got a funny story for you guys before we begin. Um, it's not really a funny story, but uh, most recently, uh, Heather and I have adopted a cat. His name is Malcolm. He's a black cat and he's a superstar. So, usually with cats, for the first like sort of four weeks, you're not supposed to let them outside, which is fine because I've had the door open and he doesn't never really seemed that like sort of inquisitive. But yesterday, I had the door back door open and I was doing something and he came out for a bit and then he went back in. It was all good, and then I decided to clear out his litter tray. So I left the back door open and I moved him away like out of the room. And then I took the contents of the litter tray out to the front bin and put them in the bin. Came back to find Malcolm in the garden. And I saw him just go under the fence and into the neighbor's garden. And I was like, you know what? He's a cat. It's fine. It might be a little bit too early because essentially we're only three weeks into having him. So he's supposed to go out in four weeks, but this is the third week. So about four to five minutes later, I heard like a, it's like, oh, that's definitely my cat having, like, a panic attack. He was, like, somewhere down the street, like, basically, well, in someone's Lost. garden. Yeah, just basically freaking out. And I was like, Malcolm, oh. Malcolm, Malcolm. Like a little baby. So then I had to, like, go down to the neighbor's house for a neighbor's dine. I knocked on her door, 
And she went and checked the backyard, couldn't see him, but she was like, oh, is that your cat that's making that horrible noise? And I was like, yep, that's my cat, Malcolm, making that horrible noise. So then I had to go around and ask all the neighbors. And then eventually, like, the lady I first went to, she found him, she had to coax him out. And I had to, like, get, like, treats and be like, because I didn't want to go into her house because of COVID. Like, I tried to, like, entice him out and he wouldn't come out. And it was just an absolute rigmarole. Took about three hours of my day up yesterday. I feel like this might be an ongoing thing, potentially. Could be. We we keep see, I mean like we've had, we've got neighbours who keep on like losing their cats and stuff and end up in the back of our garden with like torches shouting for like hours looking for their for their for their cat. But maybe it's a house cat, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean I've got a feeling this this won't be the first time won't be the last time this happens. Basically at the moment I'm training him to like I'm using treats to like I call his name and he'll come and I'll give him like a treat or whatever, just to get him used to like the idea that if I shite Malcolm, he'll come and he'll like he knows he knows he's gonna get something for it. But like if he starts crying, like like I'm he was four like houses down and I was like, Right, if you can't work out how to get back then don't go down that way. It's not my like if you get stuck there I'm just gonna leave him there for like a couple of hours. <laughs> Tough basically love with, uh, Aaron and oh Paul absolutely Malcolm. i am i am much more strict i'm stricter with malcolm than heather is let's just say that so heather's the favorite by a country mile anyway mm. should we um do films what have you guys have been watching if anything you always do that you right you both do this on purpose you 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 stay silent for a while as if to say that you've not got something, but I know full well that you've both watched something, so don't do not do me dirty. I don't know if Ant's going to go first. I watched uh, a film that Aaron talked about in the last week's episode that, that got lost. So I watched uh, Calm With Horses. Ah, so we can do our films together. Yes, so Aaron, do you want to go back? I mean, you, you had... Yeah, all right, okay, so uh, Calm With Horses is a film by director Nick Rowland who stars, which stars, sorry, uh, Cosmo Jarvis, Barry Keoghan, and Liam Carney. Uh, you might not know who any of those people are. If you know who Peaky Blinders are, you might know. Anyway, um, it's centered around a small town in Ireland. Um, it's centered around specifically this family called the Devers. And the main yeah. character is a guy called Arm, who is the sort of muscle of the family. Basically, something happens at the start of the film involving the family, which Arm sort of deals with. And kicks off the story. Yeah, it kicks off the story, and it sends them down this path where Arm has to deal with some pretty big, tough decisions. So, it, it's on Netflix, and the reason I was interested by it was because I watched the trailer... And there's this moment in the trailer. I told Johnny as well last week to specifically watch it. I, you might not have watched it, but um, I told Johnny to watch it because there's this bit with these synths play, and I was like, ooh, those are some tasty, tasty synths. Um, it turns out that the film is scored by a composer that I like. Well, he's like a musical artist that I like called Blank Mass, and he does the whole music throughout. So the music throughout the film is pretty good. It's a pretty gritty, lonely desolate experience i would say like a seaside town isn't it yeah but kind of not like a not like a sort of um coastal town i guess in the middle of nowhere yeah um Um, and sort of the the main character is this like sort of thuggish ex-boxer kind of sad guy he doesn't really know what he's doing with his life 
he sort of got drawn into this family and this family are like all involved in criminal activities and drugs and all sorts and his um his mate is it uh Dimfer Dimpner? Dim Dim uh, yeah, he's the he's the the nephew of the two uncles who run the family business or whatever. The two gangsters. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, it, it basically, I mean, the main sort of, the main sort of like, I guess, crux of it is that um, he's been pulled in. Uh, Arm, the Xbox, has been pulled into this family, and uh, he sort of has no way of getting out of it. He's mm. sort of just like locked in, and then he's got a son and a wife and he's sort of well an ex, not a wife maybe a like an ex-girlfriend partner. or something yeah, yeah. yeah. the son and, has like um, autism i think yeah so he's he's trying to like figure out how to support those guys figure out how to support them as well as doing dirt, the dirty work for this family it's it's really good um i really enjoyed it it's definitely an indie film yeah, yeah so absolutely. you've got to tape your expectations in terms of how you know big of a film it is and that, that sort of thing but it's it sort of reminds it had bits of like snatch and stuff in it in terms of like the bad guys in in the film are quite over the top but they work quite well um and yeah like like Aaron was saying that the music's really good uh the cinematography's great as well yeah and it's yeah. just one of those like it felt like an indie film but like in a good way you know where like sort of indie films can do experiment a bit more with some of the filmmaking and and, and sort of like Focus on some of the aspects that you know a bigger a bigger budget film that needs to take a bunch more boxes can't do. This one's able to sort of ponder a bit more in a few places and yeah, it's good. He's a really good actor though. The lead yeah, uh, yeah. Cosmo Jarvis is really good. I feel like he's going to be a bigger name in a few years. Um, I've not seen Piggy Blinders, but his um, yeah, his like his portrayal in this film is really good. And like his uh, his accent isn't like. You know the world's greatest, but I think it the, it was good enough for me to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I to me it was completely fine, but obviously I'm not. I'm not no, Irish. but that's the thing though. Like I think he makes it like a lot of people really, really struggle with the Irish accent and Northern Irish accent in particular, and he does a pretty bang up job of like making it believable. Because he was, I think I read or maybe it was one of you guys that said that he stayed in, he stayed in character the entire time, where he just spoke with an Irish accent the entire uh-huh. time he was filming, just to just so that he didn't get out of it or whatever, but. I feel like he's one of those actors that um, you sort of want to what go back and watch some movies of his stuff or see what you know look out for him in the future and stuff. Yeah. A little bit like, like a Tom Hardy or whatever he has that sort of screen presence, where he sort of just yeah to sort of keeps you keeps you interested in whatever he's you know, whatever's going on. So yeah, um, he's in a he's in a show actually. I never heard of it. It's just it's just come out in the, I think uh, this year. It's the Ridley Scott show uh called raised by wolves i think it's called oh right which is yeah, basically yeah. like a similar a similar sort of idea it's like he's, he's he's basically taking some of the ideas he had with alien and sort of made a tv show about it about like androids and human and like uh being ra- basically the it seems like it's like sci-fi film, sci-fi tv show where human race has to go colonize a different planet but they have to raise. They basically send a bunch of babies, and then the androids raise them. And it's this yeah, it's like, yeah. Quite, I've seen the trailer for it. Apparently, the main android lady is pretty cool. Both him, Cosmo Jarvis, and uh, and his partner in this film, what her name is, uh, Naima Alga. She, they're both in the in in this in this raised by wolves. Which oh, right. is sort of caught my eye. But yeah, 
recommend it. It's good. It's also it came recommended from my my uh, mother in law as well, who was really into it. So yeah, Johnny, do you want to go? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> obviously it's coming up to Christmas time, and sometimes to um, get yourself in the in the Christmas sort of spirit, you got to watch a Christmas film. So I've I've been waiting. I've been like, oh, can I watch one yet? I think I think this weekend we might 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 break one out. Yeah, well, we got we got a tree two weeks ago. Whoa! So oh, just a bit premature. Well, it was just just because of the way that the weekends were going to work out and stuff. So we got it two weeks ago, kept it in a bucket, and then we put it up last weekend. So uh, I say we, Sarah, Sarah put it up. <laughs> so it's as wide as it is tall. It's pretty small, um, plump. Uh, but uh, yeah, the tree is up. Yeah, we watched Elf. Oh, great, great film. Standard Christmas film, classic Christmas classic film. Classic Christmas yeah. film. Everyone, everyone's seen Elf. Um, and then we watched a film on Netflix called Holiday. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Wait, holiday, holiday, or holiday? Holiday. Holid- oh, okay. So, Never heard of this one. This, is this Netflix original? Uh, yeah. So it's not exclusively no. a Christmas film. But basically, it's about this um, this girl who is called Emma Roberts. Is the actress? Do you know Emma Roberts? <laughs> Wasn't she the? F- That's lead an insane from... name. Can we just point out that who is Emma Roberts, the actress, as a name is pretty crazy. That's crazy. That's a crazy name. Do you know Emma Roberts? Emma Roberts. She's been in. Um, what's she been in now? She was. The, she was the lead in Little Italy. She was the one we watched with that. Oh we yeah, well it it could literally be I mean, I a sequel. Funny, so. Um but yes, yeah, so a sequel to Lily. <laughs> oh my gosh. So have we told have we told Lewis it'll be all so, over this. So basically the premise of this we already film, watched it. <laughs> the premise of this film is that Emma Roberts or Sloane goes around and she when she goes to like Christ, uh, like a Christmas party, she never has anyone to go with and then her family are always like pressurizing her asking her like, oh, when are you going to settle down, get a boyfriend, you know, get married, have kids and that sort of thing. And everyone else around us, like all of her other kind of like younger sisters and brothers and stuff, they're all married and got kids and stuff. So she, so she's like feeling like left out. So she kind of like comes across this guy called Luke Bracey, who I've never heard of before, but he plays a character called Jackson. And they decide together that they will like be each other's plus ones for every holiday so like christmas new year's um easter thanksgiving all those like uh holidays so that whenever they're having kind of like a a situation where they need to be taken to an event they'd have someone to go with yeah it i mean it's it's kind of like a cringy kind of kind of like a cringy i mean let me let me guess it sounds like there's quite a few of these. Like, sounds a bit like a little bit like Bridget Jones's Diary, a little bit like the proposal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you you know how it's going to play out, but the the way that this is sort of different. Like, some of the jokes, like they kind of make your eyes pop a bit because they're kind of they're a bit more explicit than you'd maybe expect from from this type of film. Some of the things in there, yeah, are... that Netflix audience. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it sort of um, you know cuts through the air a bit more. It was okay. Um, you know, I, d- I didn't really know. Or I mean, it wasn't my choice. So I didn't really know what to expect, but it was it was okay. It was watchable. I think Sarah enjoyed it, but yes, yeah, not 
not my sort of thing. I don't think I'd I don't think I'd really recommend it to anyone. What what did you prefer? I mean, th- this time last year, I'm pretty sure it was this time last year. Yeah, because it was because you what you you did the uh, Kids at Film Festival as well. You watched Last Christmas and you did a little mini episode with Sarah. Out of those two, Last Christmas and Holiday, which one <laughs> would you recommend? Because I I watched Last Christmas on your recommendation, um, and it, and I, I, it was okay. I think Melly judged it more, but like, which one is it? Is it? I think, I think it's always than... going to be the case that the the other half's going to enjoy these sort of films a bit more. I mean, I think. Do you not think that you like? I think you're going in with your ex- expectations differently. You need to just go in thinking like this is just gonna be. And look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's actually naff. What I'm, but what I'm saying is like it's just don't expect much from it. Just like enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, it it was it was fine. It was fine. I, I mean, yeah, it felt like it was trying to be something, and it kind yeah. of was a little bit. But yeah, I've... no. But do Christmas films actually like? Do they try like? Elf would be one I would say that sort of definitely pushes the boat out in terms of like trying something. But films like this, like Holiday or Last Christmas yeah, or all the other the... ones that are on Netflix, like they're just like people like this nice thing so let's not we don't even need to try the formula is yeah. there's a couple that get put together turns out they love each other and then they fall in love and it, Gosh, like the, yeah. the front well, covers yeah. are always spoilers. green and red spoilers. i guess it's all in the execution isn't it really for these because people know what you're going to get when you go yeah. into it so like if you think about it there's so many of these types of films like i can list i mean yeah there's just loads like it's like this um, is basically like spider-man like it's the same story but told by different directors and actors it's like the same the same series of events you know he's, you know he's gonna get bit by a spider and then he's gonna like find <laughs> oh gosh like i'm sticking to walls and stuff it's like yeah you get the same formula in like every yeah, single one of these it's just how it's executed and if you do it differently yeah, yeah. uh but yeah I... but sometimes it's like nice to go and watch something that's so like, like a lot of people are really into the sort of action film, not because like it's particularly great, but because it's sort of just familiar and it's just nice to go to like that familiar place. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I've got I have I, as my one of my what have you been watching? So I've got that I've got exactly that. Like I've just like I just watched it because it was just like yeah, it's a thing. I mean we're go- it's coming up to the, that time of year where we will watch a bunch of films. I'm off work soon, so yeah, this will probably get watched. So I'm not bothered. I don't mind a rom com if it's if it's done okay, if it's done well, Look, I can get into I, it. This this <laughs> one is better, much better than an, a film that's on Disney Plus called Noel. This that's a this is, Noel's a Disney Plus exclusive. Just come out. It's got Anna Kendrick in it and Bill Hader. Ah, oh, I did see that advertised. So it's like, Cause it's like plastic. Where do you guys? I have not seen any of these films advertised. Like, where are no, you seeing this? I saw this on I think on TV. Like, they've been pushing <laughs> Disney Plus quite a bit, yeah. and this was one of the films that I saw. Well, this I this was plastered over the front of um, Disney Plus. If you opened up the app uh, about two weeks ago, again, this is Sarah's sort of uh, choice of film because um, I've been making her watch a load of like mountain climbing films and you know stuff that other people probably find quite quite boring but this one oh, i thought it was real like really just oh, i just couldn't get into it whatsoever it was this is uh basically father christmas is dead he dies Oof. and oh no uh father christmas it's not real is, though so father christmas's son has got to go and like do his job for him but he's like not up to the job 
Whereas Anna Kendrick, who's his daughter, is more up to the job. But because it, it's uh. like full to his son, it's like and um like she's trying to like get him to get up to the standard of being Father Christmas kind of thing. Isn't that just the premise of what's that animated one where like Arthur Christmas? Yeah, that ju- is that's just the same. Yeah. Like, we've just described the same film. I mean, this is this is a, a hard G-rated film, so this is like really going for the young age. So I'm not surprised really that it's not a, uh, you know, it's not particularly that like pushing the pushing the boat out. Too yeah, much. it's so it's so in inclusive and non-offensive. It does nothing for anyone. No, oh, did you? Non-offensive? No, no it's way. If they've shaved all the corners off to be super round, it's just too round, and it's, you can't even like feel the film. It's just completely. Yeah. And, when, and yeah. the majority of it's set in like I don't know. It felt like Las Vegas or somewhere. It was like, what's the least Christmassy city in America that you could go to? <laughs> um, it's like dead, Desert. dead hot and stuff. Um, yeah, just not not my sort of thing. I think I I think I might have fallen asleep for ten minutes. So um, I've probably not given it the best review, but yeah, avoid that one. If you are going to watch one of these new Christmas films, Holiday is the one I'd go for. The only thing I'd say, for, I mean, I haven't watched Noel, but the only thing I'd say is Anna Kendrick is quite watchable. She's usually quite funny like, as a as an on-screen presence. I don't, I can't think. I think there's only one film that I didn't like that she's been in, which was uh, what's the what the one where she's like, I think it's her and a, a group of friends who run a like a a beer, um, what's the word? Where you make beer? What's okay. it called? Distillery. Beer. Distillery. Yeah, drinking buddies. That that's the one. Oh, is that got a Nick from? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched, I watched a bit of that, and I turned that off, turned that one off because I just couldn't. It was just really dull. But usually she's in. She's usually pretty good in some a lot of stuff she's in. But I mean, this is yeah, very much a, a G-rated. Uh, family film, so I wouldn't expect too much from it. What have you been watching, Aaron? Are either you watching The Mandalorian? I'm only on episode two of the new series. Right. We should start filming. Oh, sorry, start recording, and we should just go watch The Mandalorian. Because I am not even kidding. What they did in this most recent episode was so great. It was so flipping great. So great. Good job, people who are making that show, because it is just saving the cinematic universe of Star Wars time and time again, as Lewis uh, has discussed with me um, on an occasion. He's doing a, yeah, doing a bang-up, stand-up job. If you watch Clone Wars, it'll be even better for you, which I have, or am doing, have been watching it sort of chronologically, because you can do that online. The second person to me, to say today that like the the latest episodes is like amazing and on top point. so top top I'm, top i'm pretty excited to to get up to it it's great obviously we know that i've watched camel horses i've also so that crap film that i was talking about that was just bang on bang average was uh i watched mortal engines oh yeah <laughs> oh that that looked bad that looked like a a kind of interesting trailer when I remember seeing it, and then it looked pretty, pretty bad. Who, Me and John wanted to go see that in the cinema. 
The, oh the yeah, that's totally. That's that. That is a you and John <laughs> film. All that's like you know the Hobbit, like where you you guys were like, this is they are amazing films, and everyone was like, no, nah, they're just trashed. Stop watching it. This is exactly that. This is where you both watch it and go, cars, moving. Oh yeah. Oh, it's got that guy from he made Lord of the Rings in it. Yeah, let's go. But it's, it's a bit Hugo in the trailer Weaving. where he's like, London is coming, and the, like the city's like on the move. It's like yeah. I, I it didn't seem like an anime to be honest. To me, it looked like an anime, but a live action one. I'm not going to talk about this film. It was pants. If you want to watch a crappy action film and want to fall asleep multiple times in it, why was it bad? Yeah. Like, because the trailer looks like it could be so good. What the the premise is ridiculous. I mean, even that can be quite funny. But like, the fact is that like, I doesn't even really explain it. But somehow London and like big cities are, are like nigh on wheels and what they do to stay alive is they eat other cities or towns <laughs> to like it sounds like that what's that game a web game called is it agario or something oh, have you ever seen that no where it's just basically you start off with a bunch of different blobs and then you, you gotta eat one and you gotta eat another blob and then it gets bigger it's like it was a big thing like on like a youtube sport. and stuff it was a stream and stuff uh, no, no, oh, well, I can't remember. Anyway, go on. Sorry, that sounds uh, no, yeah, all right. It's fine. It was just like again, that sounds funny, right? But when it's executed just really badly, like it was rubbish. I just was. There's never a point where I was like, "Oh, cool, 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 cool." It's just like, oh, this funny concept that you have, even though you're taking it dead serious, you're not making it funny for me. This is dead boring. I'm just gonna fall asleep multiple times. Um, the Last thing I want to talk about is because I've been furloughed this week, and Heather's been back at work, so I've had time to like watch watch films because we're still in tier three. So just uh, you, you and Malcolm chilling just out. Just me and Malcolm chilling out. It's been great actually. Um, How many cat-related movies have you watched? Zero. Well, um, the, you know, unless you kind the the imitation. You, you game. didn't want to watch. You didn't want to watch cats. Oh no, I, I don't think I, I could be bothered for that. I think I, you um, got it for for Malcolm. I bet he'd love it. Would he? I feel like he would scar him. <laughs> He'd regret being a cat after that. <laughs> oh, what have I done? Why have you done this to me? Um, I watched The Imitation Game. Ah, oh, uh, have you seen this before? I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Um, I, I thought it was pretty good, you know? It is a good film. Yeah, it's like yeah. a solid film. Solid like, film. It's basically by Alan Turing, who creates the computer, and he uses the computer to like win the war, essentially. And it's more obviously it's like a sort of play on him as a human being as well, which is quite interesting because it touches subtly on like doesn't he have like autism or something? Probably, uh, I can't remember. I, I, I seem to remember something like that. He had, he had, he was a bit socially awkward, wasn't he? I think from what I remember. Just you know what? I really forgot that like it was illegal to be a homosexual. Like I just like that just. Oh yeah, wasn't he? Oh, I don't want to spoil it actually because I, I might spoil the film. But, yeah, but I'm pretty sure. Ba- very bad things happened to him. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Not long after that film came out, the the British government. I'm pretty sure, like, made yeah, they, like, ca- a, they like an apology. They yeah, they came out and they were policy. like, yeah, we. Yeah. Well, they they came out and they basically they were like, oh yeah, we've, they've like dropped the charges or whatever that were against his name or whatever. That's ridiculous. And I was yeah, yeah I was like. Oh, so the dude like single-handedly saved the war, and you're like, yeah, we'll just drop those charges. Like he needs like a fr- freaking like statue. Like we need to get. Come on. He's got he's got roads named after him. Laddie, I know it's good that he's like. I do I do think supposedly it was slightly overblown how much 
I don't think he won the war, but like, he definitely was a massive part of the the of effort the, uh, to decoding. That's yeah. the other thing, though. I think like I don't really know. Uh, maybe someone could tell us, but I don't really know like fact from fiction from this film. I yeah. just know that I enjoyed the film. So it yeah, it's a good cool. film. It's really solid. Cool. I feel like there was like around that time when that came out. There's about four or five other similar sort of films that were coming out. So like the King's Speech. You had. Um, uh, the theory of everything. A lot of these sort of like factual, like retellings of like these famous people from uh, from history. You get know, like Churchill and all that sort of stuff. They were all, it seems like they did quite a lot of those over the course of a. I know it's a big. It's a big thing they do anyway. But just like over the last, those last like five years or whatever, they did quite a few. It's, there's a sweet spot there where you get a different audience into the cinema, mm. and it's like you're probably your higher higher paying audience not sort your kids or something it's like oh your 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 granny or your mum might go and uh, it might be the only film yeah. they go see the whole year and they'll you know yeah some, it's kind of like your 1917 you get that sort of... that silver dollar <laughs> they call it grey pound <laughs> the grey pound that's the one yeah 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 it's so like weird to see it all like in analog, like the computer being made, just like cogs and stuff, yeah. just like flipping it, cause like that has been made so much smaller and like it's in our hands now. So yeah, what did you think about like the what did you think about the choice that he made at the end not to share the information to you know where he could have saved the ship of one of the people who helped him, where he was like withholding the information to be smart about. I mean, I don't know if that happened in real life or not. It's hard to know. Would Germany have figured it out? Maybe. You know, it could have could have cost them everything and it might have cost them nothing. Like, it's so... It's like a... You don't know what, like, the knock-on effect is from making that choice. Um, They made a educated decision and it, you know, worked in their favour, I guess. But it... You know, it's a tough call. I I would never like to be in that position. Let's just say that that would suck. Mm. What well, What did you think about the decision? I, I think it was a wise decision. I think there was some stuff to do with the coronavirus at the time. Um, because I watched it over, uh, over summer. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, it's probably only six or eight weeks ago I watched it, and there was some stuff at the time I was thinking that that. It, it made sort of quite a wise point about not like sort of if you if you've only got one chance to kind of fight an opponent to use it sort of sparingly so that you it's got a longer effect and hopefully a better effect than just like one great big like splurge right now sort of thing Hmm. i think it was to do with the government sort of like giving out of of money like i think there was a lot of people complaining about yeah it's a good film good soundtrack yeah anyway um game game time guess the actor films in that film game that i don't know the name of the movie wager the movie wager Okay, right, so I have been the champion of this game, even though my f- 
film knowledge is so not good. And we record last time we recorded, I mentioned that um, Lewis, our longtime listener, longtime friend, has been saying that he would beat us in this, and obviously the pod got messed up. So for you, for you, for the shout out again, Lewis. Um, yeah, yeah, you could probably beat us, but um, whatever. We're the ones that are doing it, so suck it! Unlucky! Right, so, I've been the winner. You guys have been the losers. But and I know it's got a good game from the last time that we played this. So, anyway, right. I can just say that last week I got an eight. Yeah, you get, he got an eight. I mean, in, in, right, in all fairness, I chose actors and actresses that these guys would, would be fans of films of, so, uh, you know. This time I've gone a little bit more difficult. But, okay, so I'm going to give you 30 seconds, which we will skip, because um, you will know who this actor is. This actor's name is Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, if you want to do each individual one, I'm game for it. I uh, could do them all, but I mean, it's up to you guys. Uh, I- should we, should we explain the rules so people haven't heard this? Oh, yeah. Maybe, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> might know what the rules are. So I'll quickly just uh, tell you how, it, how it's played. So uh, Aaron will ask one of us to name uh, the movies that this actor is starred in. Uh, then we have a, a moment to think of it. Or oh, 30 seconds, as Aaron said. And then we've got a wager how many we can guess. Take it in turns. Um, and then the other person can either try and beat that amount or let you attempt to guess the films. If you guess correctly, you gain a point. If not, the other person gains a point. And with these rules, it was originally movie franchises only count as one. So, for example, Orlando Bloom, you couldn't have all three Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, but it's up to, I mean, I'm going to let that, up, that that's our decision because he's now the movie, he's now the quiz master. The reason, reason I'm saying that you can have each individual one is, like, I'm going to count it if you can name the actual film title, the whole thing. Like, you have to get them all perfect. If you don't get them perfect, then you can't have it as a point. Okay. And there's, there's a lot of them, so it'd be quite funny to see how many each of you get. Right. Okay. The time starts now, even though Johnny's had a little bit longer, but... Um... I've watched so many of his films as well. I just I can't think of the names of them. Right, cool. Sorry, that was actually a minute. <laughs> I did. I forgot that I was giving you thirty seconds. Um, right. Okay. So, Johnny, how many can you get? Eight. And how many can you get? Well, I'm gonna say nine, <laughs> but I could do more than that. I've I've got, I've I've got more, but I'm gonna say nine. All right. Okay. 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 Right. And so, because you have chosen nine, we will let you go first. Okay. Swiss Army Knife. Yes. Sorry, Swiss Army Man. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Woman in Black. Yeah. And then I'm going to do Harry Potter's. Yeah. If you're going to let me. I mean, I... Okay. So, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Part one. Yeah, I mean, I've, Harry Potter. Yeah, and Death Hours Part two. I'm, not, I'm just gonna count them as one. Uh, I can't remember if I've named them all now. You haven't named <laughs> them all. You missed one. one. Ah, uh, oh, well, you uh, right. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, You've got eight films. Oh, Half Blood Prince. Oh, okay. Now you got nine films. You got nine. Films. And then I think I've got one more, 
just to just as this isn't just this doesn't count if I get this wrong. Just this is just a actual one, I think. I think horns. I think it's called. Ah, uh, yeah, it's called horns. Yes. Okay. So ten. There you go. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Well done, Ant. Well done. First point to Ant. So it's 1-0 to Ant. Uh, the next actor is... Uh, I might give you a little bit longer because I uh, know a few of his films because I've watched some rec- a lot recently, but um, it might take you guys a little bit longer. Anyway, Chadwick Boseman. Are you guys ready? Um, I've n- I don't know this person. You don't know who this person is? No. Well, I'll have to go first then. I only know. <laughs> I think I've seen him in a bunch of. Well, I've seen him in trailers for a bunch of films, I think. <laughs> but I think I've only ever seen him in one film that I remember. Okay. Which is Black Panther. There's a really good film on, on Netflix that he's in that you should watch. It's on at the moment. But anyway. Uh, so Black Panther. So is that what you're saying? Yeah, that I mean, that's, that's what I would would have said as well. Well, you said you didn't know who no, it was. But so, I was like, uh, I'm gonna give the no, 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 no. I, I wasn't gonna get. I'm giving the point down. Nah, I was, I'm gonna give the point down. What? That's that was the. No, no, mate. You said you literally said I don't know who this person oh, is. Oh, I don't know who it is, but I I had a feeling he was in that film, but I didn't just want to just like stab in the dark. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just gonna have to give that to him because you don't even know who it is. To be fair, I did. I didn't recognize his name. As soon as, you, as soon as you saw a picture, I realized, oh yeah, I know what it is. Basically, he's in a film called The Five Bloods, and it's very, very good. It's on Netflix. I'm just going through his... Um, actually, I probably could have gone with... If you're going to let us have more than one in a series, I could have gone with, obviously, The Avengers and the other ones. But just looking through his list of film uh, films, I have not seen any of his films, apart from the the main... The, the Avengers ones that they... Hey, it was right. in ER, right? You've seen all that. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen it. I have ER. seen a lot of that, yeah. So that's my bad. He's uh forty two, very good film. Message from the King, good film. Marshall. Uh good film. And obviously Black Panther. Yeah, I should have got the Marvel Bloods. films. Should have got those. Wow. Well, uh, and you get a point because you guessed right and Johnny, you're still on zero. I, I feel bad about getting a point. I don't think I deserve a point. I've not seen any, <laughs> any Marvel films, really. Well, you should know this person because this person's pretty. pretty. Um, I feel like we've had her on the pod before, but maybe not. Anyway, uh, Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Please, please tell me you know what she looks like. The Dench. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, you've got thirty seconds. Are we are we including franchises, multiple films from franchises? Uh, not on this one, because okay. they're a little bit different, aren't they? You can just say the same one over and over again. Ready? Not ready. Okay, so Judy Dench, how many films can you get? Who, who's going first? Uh, I think Johnny should go. No, first I went first time. last time. Oh, you're right. Three. Johnny, how many films? I've, uh, I'll go for four. Oh, okay, cool. Right, cool. I'll take those odds. I'll take those odds. Uh, right, four films that Judy Dench is in. Johnny, hit me up. James Bond. Yes. The Great Marigold Hotel. Yes. Well, actually, I'll give you that. It's close enough. Calendar Girls. Not that I've seen it. 
I feel like is she in that? Hold on. I had that as well, but I'm not sure if she actually is. Uh, I had, I had uh, a question mark next to it. Uh, 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 I don't know if she's in Calendar Girls. I can't see her on there. Oh, on here. No. But I feel like she would it was be on in that. No, it's Julie Walters. Yeah, Julie. See, I was getting, I was getting confused with Julie Walters as well. I kept on thinking of films with Julie Walters in it, and I was like, no, it's not. It's not well, either. technically, that would bring Aunt Stein to two. All right. So, I mean, I've got some more. Yeah, the yeah, Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Queen. Yeah. No, that's ah. Uh, <laughs> what about? <laughs> no, uh, hang on, this is just another stab in the dark. Mamma Mia, she in that. No, that's Julie Dent. That's oh, Julie Dent. Uh, not Julie Dent. That's the other one. Julie Andrews. No. What, what did we just say then? The actress just said. Uh, uh, Walters. Is it Walters? So, yeah. How do you want to do this then, Aaron? Because my three didn't include Calendar Girls. Oh. Okay. But yeah. it doesn't matter because, I, cause, I mean, depends how you want to do it. No, do no, no. Like, well, all right. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, you you win the point anyway because Johnny couldn't do it. Cause cats. So, so. Was she in cats? Oh yeah, cats. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my one was I had the same. I had I think it's the exotic Marigold Hotel. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then James Bond obviously. I had Philomena. Oh yeah, she is in Philomena, isn't she? Yeah. That's who I could I couldn't think of the other one she was in, but cats is a good shout. Um I would have taken. Pardon me. I feel like she was probably in some really big film in the nineties that I just can't think. Of what it would be like, something like Gandhi or something, but not not Gandhi. Yeah, she's been um, in a lot of films. She's been in so many. Chocolate. She's been in chocolate. She's been in Shakespeare in Love. Oh, she uh, was in. She was in a Roald Dahl film. Yeah, she's in a bunch of Roald Dahl films. ECO Trots. Yeah. Well, there you go, isn't it? All right. Well, and you've won three. So we don't need to do the last two. We'll save those, those both those actresses for an, another another time. So currently, I've won two. Ant's won one, and Johnny's on zero. Sauce mate. Oh gosh. Sauce mate. Uh, you know what? You know it is what it is. Like, I feel like we both, all three of us, just need to get on IMDb and just start studying. Like, just <laughs> pick yeah. actors and actresses and just be like, right, let's go. Film categories. Should we? Um, Get onto the main event. Let's do it. Let's do this. Okay, so today's movie is 2009, Wes Anderson's and Roald Dahl's Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm just going to do a little... Because I did it last time, I did the book synopsis. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl follows the late tale of a fox who's been hunted by three farmers. They chase after him and his family with shovels and tractors. The family hides, but begins to starve. And that's that's all I've got on, on this thing that I find on the internet. It's a little bit different than from that. It Basically, you've got Bunce Bean and... What's his... Uh, Bunce Bean and... Bogus? Bunce Bean and Bogus? Yes. Are the three farmers, and they, they chase after Mr. Fox, who was a retired... Retired thief in the film. Yeah. And a, essentially... A squab. Yeah, he gets squab. He, he basically robs them all, so they all come after him, and they dig down, and then basically the other far, the animals of Farden Wood, as they say, all get involved because um, the three farmers are causing chaos, so everyone has to like live underground, and basically the film follows 
the whole of the animals, the nature, wildlife animals, nature animals, what are we calling them? Wildlife animals. It's like a standoff movie, isn't it? Yeah, like a Mexican standoff. But basically, like, it's how the animals, the whole, like, forest or land, like, get get the one, one over on the crazy farmers, essentially. If you haven't seen it, it's a stop-motion film. Um, so it is an animated film of sorts. Because the last one we did was... I mean, I, what was Spider... It's many different types of animation. Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. It's pretty much a CG, CG animation film, though. Is it? it? It is... Yeah, yeah, it's all CG. But, I mean, it is... Um, it's stop frame in, in, in regards to... It uses the frame rate to, 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 to you know, for, for a purpose. But it isn't like a... A stop frame animation where it's using practical effects. Obviously, it's just uh, all CGI. Well, this is this is um, stop motion, um, and because you're our resident tech guy when it comes to stuff like this, what's stop motion for people who don't know what it is? Uh, well, it's it's basically just the process of um, using model figure figures to uh, portray a story. So you you know you have you set up with your camera, your actual just like film camera or in this case I think it was a Nikon uh, D4 I think it was and they just uh, just take a shot move the character take a shot move the character take a shot move the character until you end up with a uh, a beautiful little animated film Yeah. Uh, and I think it was shot at 12 frames a second to give that obvious hand uh, animated feel uh, and also one of the things that we noticed as well was that we were talking about, I think we talked about this last time we did recording, but they had like thousands, well, they had like hundreds and hundreds of uh, models for all the for all the characters and the ver- versions of the heads and all that sort of stuff. But they actually used real um, animal fur to get across, like to make it look, feel like really real in terms of like, a, instead of it being like, um, like, a, like, a, like a modeling clay or whatever, they wanted it to be, to feel like it's like actual fur. So but the problem with that is, that you can see the fur moving throughout the shots because the you can see like the the sort of fingerprints of the of the animators moving the moving the um you see the all the different the strands of hair move between each frame of the film, can't you? And it's like yeah, yeah. like sometimes it looks like you can see like a press of a thumb on like uh like some of the characters' snouts and stuff where they've but it kinda yeah. it kind of like plays into the charm of the the characters and the whole feel of the film that is very organic feeling um compared to you know traditional animated films it feels just more earthy and you know similar yeah, similar to you know it's all about kind of it's it's not like aliens or you know something that's really obscure it's kind of like creatures that you might see underground and it it plays into a style that fits that underground earthy animals versus humans kind of vibe like the humans like their, yeah, their buildings are all nice and sleek and clean and tidy whereas where all the the creatures live underground are a little bit sort of well they're a little bit dirty but you know um in places but they're they're trying they're trying to be um human i guess um so like the i guess the story well if i want to talk about the story like is like focuses on Fantastic Mr. Fox not wanting to be like stealing chickens anymore and you know he goes off to get like a regular Well, job. he wants to but his his wife basically makes him promise it promise not to because they get into that 
obviously that right at the start of the film the opening of the film is they they get they get trapped in this uh by a farmer and she makes him promise to go you know go straight or whatever it's basically like one of those sort of sort of classic heist film or whatever where where like the you know the the, the master thief decides right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go just do one more job uh, go straight and then one last job right at the end yeah but you can never stop you know so just yeah, definitely. Sorry, go on. Go on, no, no. So so just no, just just um, Johnny, when you were talking about sort of the earthy type thing, and and then you're also talking about like, you know, that really sort of organic or. I don't know. The, you know, whether you're talking about thumbprint being on the on the uh, the, the the character or whatever. So there's a few things. Uh, obviously, it's directed by Wes Anderson, and we'll we'll talk about him later. But um, essentially, like Wes Anderson wanted it to be dead earthy. Like a lot of the color palette is very autumnal. So it's like reds and oranges and browns. So it's very like, yeah, as you said, underground and earthy and muddy, um, which is apparently quite hard to do. Apparently there was barely any like reds. No, uh, was it blues, blues. and greens uh, weren't really in the film? Mm. Um, he also, Wes Anderson and, and the other screenwriters um, spent some time at Roald Dahl's house. So essentially what they did is they got like... Um, you know, Roald Dahl's couch and like little recording devices and basically everything in the house they made into miniature versions. So like, you know, uh, Mr. Fox's chair in the film would be actually Roald Dahl's chair and, and actually the Mr. Fox's basically is a version of Roald Dahl that they've created for, for the film, which is pretty cool. So it's like, cool because it, it's like they've tried to capture the the essence of yeah of him as an yeah, author yeah and like what and the time period as well like he wrote these stories and you know usually with with books you get that across with you know through the narration and just the what you know you reading the author's words whereas in this film they've managed to like capture some of that by like yeah emulating emulating his yeah like you say what what he wears and. The things he did and like you know where where he sat in his home and stuff. It's just quite quite a nice way of sort of honouring him as a as like the sort of original creator of the of the um of the story. Yeah. I think like you know and, and I think as well like um, Mrs Fox was named after Rod Dahl's wife, which is like pretty cool. So I talked a little bit about the characters. Like, do any of you guys have any like favourite characters that you might want to bring up, or maybe like a favourite scene? So so for me, the my favourite characters um were the farmers. Just because of the, the how the characters are portrayed, they're really like strong characters, and uh, and just quite, f- it seems like quite a fun for the actors to play them, um, and just like some great lines and a lot of humor came from the farmers. I felt like, so yeah, for me, anything with the farmers were my favorite bits of it. So, like the 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 part where um, the, the farmers are digging into the into their uh, home under the tree, and they're just like. You see, this is just this like epic little like, you know, couple of shots where they're bringing all the, the uh, the diggers. What they call the diggers and stuff. They they bring the diggers in and start just absolutely going crazy, big you know, digging up the the floor. And then the fox and the, uh, and his family are having to dig down. And it's just this little like, cat and mouse game that's going on. I I really like all yeah, anything with the, with the farmers really, um, my favorite bits. I like the badger and I like the possum. Yeah, possum. Yeah, possum. Top top drawer with his like weird days yeah. like thing that he like, does proper spaced out, and then yeah the badger like the he's like the is he the estate agent or the lawyer or bit of both yeah yeah he's the no, lawyer he's the banker yeah, is he the banker he's the, the estate he's the, no, he's he's the, the lawyer banker. and he's, he's like, the lawyer he's yeah, like yeah. talking <laughs> to Mister Fox about 
saying that oh yeah you really shouldn't buy that house over there because it's like right near right near all the <laughs> yeah. farmers and stuff but yeah it is there's something there is something to it isn't there like i think like it's a sort of, sort of not to bring it back to my cat game but i think there's something funny whenever you do like something human with an animal like so obviously like um yeah what's the high word anthropomorphization of the animals isn't it it's just funny he writes a column in the newspaper that he doesn't think anyone would read or whatever, like, or um, the fact that the kids all go to school or something, like, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, but there's definitely, like, obviously we, t- we mentioned before that Wes Anderson was able to capture the essence of, you know, of, of, of Roald Dahl, but also Wes Anderson is totally in this film as well in terms of his his fingerprints are all over it. Uh, like the way that like the characters speak to each other, yeah, and like some of the quirky lines and dialogue, and like the sort of uh, awkwardness between like the cousins, you know, his son and the cousin that comes in, and it's just like it, it, that sort of family dynamic. It's all very much a Wes Anderson f- feel um, that's brought in there. But then I also he I like how he adds in like that sort of juxtaposition between like the human human Isaac or the I can't say the word anthropomorphic morphization of the animals so they're behaving like humans but then also you get these little elements where they suddenly start go- behaving like wild animals where like they're fighting or like they're you know they're, they're, they're eating their food and they go a bit, a bit a bit like wild which i quite like it's pretty good i think i'm like you know i don't really because this is a film that i i really really rate um uh and i think each time that i watch it there's always a different character that i really enjoy like you know, sometimes it's the Badger, sometimes it's Mr. Fox. Um, each character, for me, it really they really feel like they've got like a background. They really feel like there's like a depth to them that you might not get with some maybe animated films. I'm not. I mean, obviously, I, that's not every animated film ever. But you know what? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you, Badger is a lawyer. He's got a family that he's raised, and you really feel, or at least I do anyway. I really feel like that he's a real existing person in this universe, or you know, like the fact that you see, is it Bunce's or Bean's Bean's wife or something that she comes in like for like a few seconds and you see the Bean's kid and everyone has like a, you know, history, I guess, which is really nice. Um, And I think that's what Wes Anderson does pretty well in his films. You get a lot of background from the characters, even without him really doing that much. It's mostly usually visual or maybe it's like a passing comment or something. So. I feel like I, I, I don't know if this is true for other Wes Anderson films because I, I, I mentioned this last week when we talked about it but I haven't watched a lot of Wes Anderson films I've, I know a lot about, about them because I've seen a lot of them referenced and I've watched, seen trailers and stuff like that I've watched some of his films but I can imagine his films sort of all living in the same universe a lot of them like you could imagine I can, like I can, a Wes Anderson to Nathan I, universe, and I could and I feel like this is if like you know animals could uh, be a part of that. This is him bringing those into his his world, I guess. And and like you say, like having that texture and and background to the to the characters definitely like you you know people. That's why one of the reasons why people really like his films, I think, is that like the characters are so well written and so quirky and fun uh, mm-hmm. that you can really enjoy concentrating on one of the characters. You know, every time you watch it. I have a thought. Um. Currently, I've got Google Images open of pictures of Fantastic Mr. Fox and all the all the different creatures and animals in it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this and I'm just like, did Wes Anderson think, how about I just do a taxidermy film 
and <laughs> and then he goes like, oh, "What could I do?" Oh, well, Wind in the Willows is already someone's already done that. Uh, Fantastic Miss Fox. That's got loads of animals in, you know, creatures that you know you could you could probably easily taxidermy. And then he's sort of thought, mm, "Yeah, I don't think Peter and like all the other kind of animal rights groups would do that." And then that's maybe that's that's his kind of crazy thought process into it because like you look at them and you sort of think, "Yeah, I mean, they do kind of look like." taxidermied animals that are being made to act although they're not they aren't taxidermied animals but it's just like no no they're definitely not (laughs) yeah it's probably the closest you'd get to seeing a taxidermy film i I do think though i'm pretty sure i read that like uh his mother gave him uh fantastic mr fox as like a seven-year-old or something it was one of the first books he's read and he still got the copy like he still he loved it as a you know as a child and like sort of cherished it sort of thing so I think it is something that, I mean, obviously, I imagine a lot of directors will look in all sorts of places for inspiration of what they can do next. But I don't think he's done any other adaptations, unless I'm, I'm complete. Oh, I guess he did. He did the Isle of Dogs, didn't he? Yeah, no, that, that is an adaptation. adaptation. Yeah, it's an adaptation. I'm not sure if any of his other films are. No, I don't no, think they are. No, I don't. I don't think Usually, so either. So like, so like, it must have been that he really. I mean, I imagine what probably happened is he wanted to make this film because he loved this story. And also, he could see how he could, you know, fit his quirkiness into it and stuff. And then he probably built a whole studio. I mean, actually, I don't know if that this is true. I'd have to look into it. But I imagine he probably helped build a whole, like, sort of team of people to to make this film. Once they made it, I imagine they probably wanted thought, well, why don't we do something else? And then that's probably where our dogs mm. came. Uh, is it sort next. of thing like within all the Roald Dahl films that have been made? All of them are quite different to each other. Like they these different yeah, styles yeah. of um, like animation. Like James and the Giant Peach was that was that clay that they they use that. And then, yeah. It's still yeah. stop motion. Um, obviously, which is live action with some Matilda. I think some CGI maybe with the the mice. I can't remember uh, the original, and then obviously the new one, which is a lot more CGI. But it feels like every every story that's been. Um, transferred to films very different it's been portrayed in a different way and they're quite like that that it's not all just being kind of forced down the same route well, what what's your history with Roald Dahl books and films have you do you guys big fans of them as a kids or or not I I read like I mean I I read Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, when I was younger obviously met Matilda and is it the Twits Twits yeah the Twits yeah the Twits yeah. Um, what about you guys? I think the Twits is the first one. Like his books are like pretty easy to read, um, as a kid. And Twits and Fantastic Mr. Fox are quite thin ones, so you could get through them in like a sitting almost. Did you read them in school or did you read them at home? I I, I think I read. Uh, I think Mr. Fox I, I read in school, and maybe the Twits after thinking like talking about it last week. I think I read the Twits pretty sure yeah. I think it might have been in year four curriculum but that was a long <laughs> yeah that specific time ago. you remember it yeah I'm <laughs> pretty sure I read it around that, that age as well really? I'm pretty sure I read it, read it for school or at least I remember reading it at school um, but the, for me the, the Roald Dahl books I, I pretty much only ever read Fantastic Mr. Fox and I remember reading Twits because I remember walking through. I was, I was walking through a shop, a supermarket with my my dad. I was reading the twits, 
and uh, he turned around and he looked at me and was like, "What are you doing? What, what, why are you reading it upside down?" And I was like, "What? Oh, I'm just reading the twits." And they like intentionally made the cover of the twits upside down to make you look like a like a twit, um, which I thought was quite it's, it's, well, it's quite funny. But um, yeah, so like they're like the main ones I read, and then like I watched loads of obviously all the adaptations. So yeah, like the same ones that Johnny mentioned. Um, obviously, Charlie uh, uh, Chocolate Factory as well was like one of my favorite you know films growing up as a kid uh i love that film and it's just it is really varied his 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 stories are so varied in what what he did um and they've been taken and changed you know quite a bit but still people love him they do they do love him i would like to see the twits the film Really? I don't remember what happened to Twitter. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, like... the um the drawings from the cover of the book and I'm just like that film looks like it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so right. We've been obviously quite positive and I think, you know, we've said in our various ways about it being um you know, a really good film for character development and colourful and things like that and it's quite a beautiful spectacle spectacle. But I know that you guys Maybe didn't enjoy it as much as maybe I did. Do you have any negative things that you guys want to talk about? Um, not negative, but things that you maybe didn't enjoy as much, or any gripes. Uh, you know, is there any gripes? Yeah, any gripes? Because I, I don't think like I don't, you know, thinking about reflecting on last week, it was quite interesting to do the pod pod podcast twice because there was a lot of reflection because um, Heather and I had this big discussion afterwards. Like, I don't think any of your stuff was, like, particularly negative. I just think, like, yeah, you didn't, you know, vibe with it. So I don't want to, like, say that you guys bashed it because you didn't. You just, there was just things that maybe didn't draw you in as much. Yeah, I, th- I think, Is like, firstly, it's not my kind of vibe of film. Like, I like the world which it's in and the story is okay, but I felt like it was just a bit elongated and um, yeah, quite it, was, slow, it, was, it was quite slow. Like there was points around the hour mark where I thought it was coming into land, and there was another half an hour sort of added on to the end. I thought you know there it was particularly strong in the start, like the bit where the farmers are all coming in to start digging them out of the the whole I thought that was quite good and then the bit beyond that like the the dinner party scene and the various kind of escapes after that although they're kind of like nice pieces I thought they just kept on bolting on and bolting on and bolting on um, towards the end so I don't know if if it's an issue with um, Wes Anderson and the way that he makes his films or because I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of any of his other films not that i've seen that many uh but i wouldn't sort of put them in you know my top 20 30 40 films um mm. yeah it just you know just not up my street i'd say but i can understand why other people would probably quite like it for it's um the way that it's stylized and everything else you know if you could work to compare it to was it holiday and this well you know <laughs> what um what we're saying Different occasions, different occasions. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, man, I feel oh, okay. Now I feel holiday, hard done by. Holiday the fact is easy. Like... You can sit back and just like you know exactly what's going to happen with holiday. This one, I mean, you you do know what's going to happen, but there are some uh, odd moments in it which can 
lose you. Not to say that I'm, you know, it's completely like, like you know, really confusing. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's nice to look at. You've heard it. You've heard it here. Uh, it's a holiday and Fantastic Mr. Fox. They're not too dissimilar <laughs> from each other, but not too far away or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if you can't hit me. Uh, I mean, similar to what Johnny mentioned, like I, I, I felt like uh, I think this was a bit stronger. I felt this feeling a bit, a bit stronger like last week because I'd already watched it a few days before. But the story does drag on a little bit. It does feel a bit slow. I think that's probably just a case of that he has to, you know, he, ha- he only has so much source material to go off and um, he sort of probably doesn't want to change too much of it. So he sort of has to stick to it quite quite uh, closely. And I, I think just because of probably how short of a story it is, it doesn't really hold uh, hold it, your attention too much for that for that long. Uh, but, and yeah, I mean, that, it's mainly that really. Like, the rest of it I've quite enjoyed. It is obviously not a kid's film. I think that's a big, big issue that people I have th- with it as well. Is I just think is you're people, wrong. I think no, you're wrong. I, no, nah, I think I you're wrong. No, it's not you, a kids' film. No, you, like, you see, and I think I think majority of kids watch this would just be so bored. No, um, you do. Yeah, but you can't. Uh, I don't know. I think it's for everyone. I think it's for. Everyone. I, I think I don't think it's a kids' film. This is the one thing. So after, sorry, I know I know I'm buttoning, but because I just want to talk to you about it. Because Heather and I were chatting about this, and I even spoke to Liam about this as well. Because I was like, I said it wasn't a kids' film last week. And then Liam was like, every kid's different and every kid takes things at a different level. Like, you know, when I read Where the Wild Things Are as a kid, like that had like 50 different pages in my mind. And then obviously when I read it as an adult, I was like, would you, oh, that's like five lines. Would you say Die Hard is a kid's film? It wasn't made for kids. That's the difference. I'm I don't saying, think this was made for kids. I think... I think it was, but as well, I think it was made for adults as well. I think it. I think it, it was made both. for people who like Wes Anderson films. Yeah, I mean, Wes Anderson is a, a definitely an acquired taste. He's like, you know, if you want a cheese sandwich or you want like, I don't even know where I was going with that. I don't, I'm just gonna stop. But like, like I, yeah, I don't have any. I, obviously, I have no um, first-hand knowledge of of kids watching this film, but. Just from watching it, I, all I can do is just based on what I, th- I, I can say, what I, I feel, and I feel like a lot of kids would find it too slow. Um, I mean, obviously, like it's yeah, it's quite obvious that you know, and that everyone's the same, and some kids will enjoy this uh, who like slow, slower things. You know, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, in the majority, I think a lot of kids probably wouldn't in- enjoy this as much as some other films. Um, I don't. Know, I just think it's, but then again, I mean. Yeah, it'd be like so, you know some some kids like anime and some kids like like Disney. Yeah, when and you're saying Marvel. kids, like when you're saying kids, how old are you saying? Like, oh, I'm saying I like think... all the way up to like sort of thirteen years old. Like, you know, kids are. It's not like you know. I'm not saying like a three or four year old might get into this. So I don't know if they'll they'll care too much. I mean, that's something you were prob- you're probably more experienced with. Like, because obviously, your daughter may or may you would know firsthand whether your daughter would probably be into this or not. But I'm she saying she would not like, be interested in this. But she's too young anyway. Like, it's just maybe, maybe like, I would say ten, eleven is probably as young as you're gonna get. Anyway, whatever doesn't really matter. I th- that that was my that was my only like like I wasn't it wasn't a downside. No, 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 It's not. I don't, I, I, I personally don't think he's really aiming it at kids. I think it was. Generally, just a sort of light-hearted, fun animated film, 
Um, I also think like sorry, just to go. I also think like films like Paranorman, uh, Box Trolls, and stuff. Also, probably a lot of kids will struggle with them just because they're not. They are not super fast paced as well. I, I think they're a bit more. There's a bit more to them, and a bit more. Um, a bit more substance to them, and I think a lot of kids would probably just get a bit bored of them. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I, I think last week we did we talked about how I potentially don't like stop motion films. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That was pretty funny. I'd like. I don't <clears throat> like. I thought going into this, like, I really liked stop motion films. But then thinking about all the stop motion films that I actually have watched on that you know that, I've, that I know about, I'm pretty sure it's pretty much just the just the Iron Man, just like Wallace and Gromit and Shaun the Sheep and stuff like that. That I really quite like, and a lot of the other ones, either I've, ne- I've not seen or I'm just not not particularly enjoyed. Like oh, well, I'm not loved. I think some you know there is there are definitely enjoyable things to get from them, and it's obviously a beautiful film, and a very well made film. Like we didn't really get into the cinematography and. You know the sort of art design of it and stuff, but obviously it's stunning and has a great vibe and stuff. But um, yeah, I, maybe I just don't like this type of film. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I need to probably watch more to see. I was, was going to yeah. say, like, has it has it put you off Wes Anderson? Like, do you think? No. I, again, I I, maybe, I forgot to mention this. Well, we talked a lot last week, but the main one I've watched of his is Moonrise Kingdom. I loved that film. Yeah, I thought it was film. really great fun. Film, it was just, it was just yeah, great film. Um, and I will try and watch some more of his over Christmas, I think, because cool. I feel like it's Into probably that. a bit of a blind spot for me that mm-hmm. I, I probably should uh, more, know more. I think I, I asked you last week which one I should watch uh, oh, yeah. going into it as a sort of a bit of a newbie. Uh, you said Grand Budapest Hotel? I yeah, Grand Budapest is probably like the one that's most accessible for people. And also like Ray Fiennes is like a flipping amazing job. He is funny in that film. So, what also what I would like to say was like because I double dine on the 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 not liking Waltz and Grummet thing, right? But I feel like because you both of you really really enjoy it, um, and Liam as well, and a few other people that I spoke to you about. It. This is what's good about redoing the podcast is I went away and like had lots of conversations, and so I was like, you know what, right? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna give Wrong Trousers another go. Like I'm gonna go watch it. And see if like I actually do enjoy You've it. You've got to also remember that those films, I think, like the, do I think the night early nineties or mid nineties, mm-hmm. like a lot of the, um, Walter Gromit films, and like they were still figuring out like, how to do the sort of slick. They're not as slick as a lot of the newer stop motion films. Like I think that's one of the things Fantastic Mr. Fox did was it really pushed the visual fidelity in terms of like a, a style it can go for and stuff like which then obviously like Box Trolls and other films have, since then have come along and sort of done similar things with but like Wallace and Gromit is quite just probably feel a bit dated now just because of how like you know um, how like lo-fi the animation and what they were doing was but it's I yeah. think, think with Wallace uh, and Gromit you know, their stories were really kind of well thought out they, you know, they had a clear bad guy who was, in most instances, pretty scary for a kid, but not like, you know, it's going to be giving you yeah. nightmares. Um, what was it? Feathers of McGraw. Like, and, uh, like, like in, in Wallace and Gromit, uh, how much, I think it's Wrong Trousers, the main bad guy is yeah, the Penguin. Feathers McGraw. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and that is getting quite creepy for a kid. 
But like, if I tell something as a fox, the main bad guy is a, a really skinny uh, farmer who drinks tons of cider, smokes and shoots pistols at light bulbs and stuff. Like to me, that's just not like a kid's film, like, <laughs> like sort of bad guy. It's like, whatever, but whatever. Anyway, I'll, I'll back off that, that, that uh, perch. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I but, think uh, I'll because um, I, I was listening to some reviews before coming on to this, and I, I heard a scathing review, and I heard you know this changed my life kind of review, and I think those kind of like early teenagers, like twelve, thirteen, who were like watched this when they came out, it was like, whoa, this is actually a really cool film like people who hadn't who haven't seen as many films as we have seen and kind of they've grown up with this film this is probably one of those things that they'll be like oh yeah did you watch fantastic mr fox when you were young it's like oh yeah it's like my favorite film oh yeah that was you know that was a like a seminal film for me kind of growing up and i think we can't really go back in and and see that for what those people did but for me, it just it didn't hit it didn't hit the mark. Isn't it interesting that like some directors have just gone to Disney and been like, "Yeah, just I'll do whatever you want," and then there's directors like Wes Anderson and some of the other people who've worked with Disney in the past and stuff like where they just haven't like just like let up about who I they think, are. Like, yeah. it's, I think it's partly because he was able to do his own thing for so long that yeah, he was able yeah. to like make a name for himself and then people will go and see a film so he's almost like he's a, he's a bankable name you know they don't they've given him a certain amount of money and then they're going to get a certain amount of money back because people like with other films you know yeah definitely like it's just interesting oh, I can't remember the guy who did um, the Star Wars he did Lost what's his name um, oh, um JJ JJ Abrams. Yeah, like I think, like when he first like hit the scene, he was like, for, especially for sci-fi and stuff, he was like really iconic and like he had like a definite sort of flair to him. And then as time's gone on, it really has just felt like it's kind of got watered down. Or maybe it's because people have tried to emulate his like style. And well, he was just emulating Spielberg, though. Sure. Yeah, like, you're right. You're right. He was right. sort of pushing on what yeah. Spielberg has done. Yeah. But he definitely. I mean, his whole persona is trying to get, trying to make a blockbuster movies really like i mean if you think about one of his first films i saw was it super eight where yeah he, yeah. Was, emula- he was emulating a lot of what like spielberg was doing and spielberg's all about the you know it was all about blockbuster so i think that's his vision for a lot of his films like michael bay or whatever he's got a vision for like these action films whereas like wes anderson definitely his like sort of vibe and vision is these sort of quirky yeah he's the quirk. um similar sort of thing, i guess but yeah yeah, I I feel like I'm being really negative on it. I enjoyed this film. It's a, it's a great film. I yeah, just no. didn't love it like as much as you do, which is fine. Cause yeah, we, yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, I don't. Yeah, this is the other thing. Like, I mean, we always like bash each other, and when it gets to the 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 time when we sort of hold hold nothing back and are really mean <laughs> to each other about our films. Oh yeah. Please know that the the podcast, the episodes are actually like us just enjoying watching films and talking about them whereas like the game actually is at the end like it's two they're two different things like one's a game and then one's actually just us talking about watching films like i'm probably gonna say some no i'm not gonna say anything nasty about into the spider-verse but uh i well you know there's probably a film that we'll all watch that i'll probably be mean about (laughs) but i won't mean it i won't mean it 
Okay, so I think I think we should just end it there. Really, I just want to say thanks very much, boys, for watching my film and um, and also talking about it again. I really appreciate it. I know that it um, it's been an interesting podcast, but I actually, you know, I've enjoyed sitting on it, talking about doing it. Maybe we should do <laughs> two episodes every time and just choose the better no, one. Please don't. <laughs> I felt so bad last week. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Oh, it's just it like, couldn't believe it. It's totally chill. What was funny is that I've gone away and watched Johnny's pick. So, Johnny, um, as we close, what should the listeners watch? So, <laughs> if you can get so hold the, of it. The next film we'll be watching is The Trippets of Belleville. The Triplets de Belleville. The Triplets of Belleville. Yeah, The Triplets of Belleville. It's uh, is that Sylvian's? Is it Christian Sylvian? It's a French director. Well, uh, at this moment in time, you know more about it than than me because you've actually (laughs) you've actually seen it. I've not seen it. Wait, have you? No, I've seen seen it, it? but it's uh, it was a fair few years ago. So you're you're more up to date with it than than I am right at this moment in time. Oh man! So so it's a film about the Tour de France. Uh, Um. Yeah, we'll say that. That's what we'll say. Yeah, it's about the it's about the yeah, Tour de France. cycling. Oh, sure. Ra- in in and around that, at least. I think it's more of like a like a a, a caper. Look at yeah. You and you'll see. You both of you will see where this place goes. Where it's interesting. Good. Yep. Well. So, if the listeners have any thoughts on. Fantastic Mr. Fox, or maybe some of the films that we've watched recently um, in what you've been watching, or maybe there's a film that's come out that you think we should all watch, because we're definitely open to hearing what you have to say. And if you would like to do that, you can contact us on Instagram at TheMovieQuest, or you can email us at podcast at TheMovieQuest.com. So that is TheMovieQuest on Instagram, or email us podcast at TheMovieQuest.com. Boys, it's been a pleasure talking yeah, about this film twice. It's been a good episode. Yeah, it's been a good episode. So good we did it <laughs> twice. <laughs> exactly. Strong, strong. Right, well, cheerio. Enjoy. See you, yeah, see you later, everyone. Bye. Come back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.